0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم Alihi آله وصحبه أجمعين Khattaz Gift Center, a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid bin Muhammad Al Thani Charity Association is pleased to present to you this series of lectures from the book entitled من هاج أهل السنة والجماعة في العقيدة والعمل the methodology of the People of Sunnah in Matters of Creed and Actions by a Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih ibn Uthaymeen, Rahimahullah. Tip number six, the following matters are discussed. Point number two of the book, dealing with matters relating to the worship of Allah. al ikhlas sincerity. al istiana seeking help. Al-Mutaba'ah, following the Prophet. Al-Ahwa desires or winds and Al-Didah Innovation Al-Didah innovations. Al-Didah innovations. Al-Didah innovations. Al-Didah innovations. al فَأَشْهَدُ أن مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Verily the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger Uh, I would like to begin this morning in the sixth sixth, uh, lecture in our series of lectures concerning the Islamic belief, al-aqeedah, al-Islamiyyah uh, with the mention, the brief mention of the points which we covered in the previous lecture from the essay of the Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Huthayneen, of Allah from his book entitled من أهل السنة والجماعة في العقيدة Amal the methodology of the people of sunnah and Jama'ah related to Al-aqidah, beliefs, or creed, and Al-amal, actions, or deeds. In the previous lectures, the last two lectures, we discussed the first main point of his essay, and that is the methodology, or the tariqah, or the way of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jumah, in the matters related to the names of Allah, the Asma' Allah, and his characteristics, and we said... Uh, in the previous two lectures we discussed the main point concerning our position and how we view the text of Quran and Sunnah which contain the names of Allah and his characteristics or qualities, for actions in the lecture before that, in lecture number four we discussed the rules related to the names of Allah and basically we said (coughs) that the names of, in reference to the names of Allah, we are required to believe that each of these names is, is a name that Allah is called on by and that each of those names contain a sifa or a quality characteristic or characteristic which Allah ta'ala is described by and some of the names, further we said a third point related to the names of Allah is that some of them if they are muta'addi that uh, they transcend beyond Allah Taala Himself and affected creatures. We said that we must also affirm and believe in the fact that there is some effect or aspect from that name and characteristic uh, upon the creatures or His creation. In the last lecture, number five, we discussed the rules or guidelines or principles related to the characteristics of Allah His Sifat. And we said that the sifat are sometimes looked at in two ways, those characteristics which are derived from a name that Allah is called on by, such as ar-Rahman, it is a name that Allah is called on by, and the characteristic or sifa that comes from it is rahmah, mercy. And we said that the other type of sifa is that characteristic which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not called on by and yani there is no name that he is named by related to the, that characteristic such as Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la is described with the characteristic of ascending al but he doesn't have a name related to that and he is described with descending and nuzul but he is not called the descending one and nazil and likewise Allah has described himself in the Quran as being pleased he is described with the characteristic of being pleased but he doesn't have a name which is related to that particular characteristic concerning the characteristics of Allah we said that it is required to believe in and affirm that these characteristics are really characteristics of Allah and they should be understood in the way that is apparent from the text in the Arabic language and we should affirm them without making any distortion or negation or comparison or examples between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the creatures. And we said that an example of this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described by the characteristic of an istiwa ascending ala al-arsh above his throne which he has affirmed in the Qur'an and the Prophet likewise confirmed in authentic hadith. And the way we understand this characteristic is as Al-Imam Malik the Imam of the people of Medina Explained it when he was asked concerning the ayah in Qur'an Ar-Rahman al-Arsh ala istawa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is Ar-Rahman has ascended above the throne he was asked how is this ascending and he said in his well known answer al-istawa Ma'Alum that the ascension of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above the throne is well known its meaning is known in the Arabic language wal-kaif majhool and the how of it the how Allah ascends is majhool is unknown and it is not possible to understand it by the intellect of the creatures. Was su'al anhu bid'ah and asking about it is innovation, since it wasn't asked about by the Prophet ﷺ nor his companions. Wal iman he wajib and believing in it or have having faith that Allah ta'ala in fact ascended above His throne, it is wajib or obligatory, since it is confirmed in the Quran and authentic Sunnah. The second thing we said concerning the sifat is that we have to avoid making comparisons, tashbih or examples, tempil, and we have to avoid imagining how, the how, the kafir of Allah's characteristics. And we said that whoever tries to imagine the how of Allah's characteristics will fall in one of two prohibited deviations, tahriq or ta'atil, distorting the meaning of Allah's characteristics or negating them, or tempil and tashbih, making examples and comparisons. Uh, this is a summary of what we covered last week and this morning, تعالى, we'd like to go on to the second main point of the essay of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al uthaymeen in his book, Minhaj Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And in this point, after discussing what is the Minhaj or methodology or the way of the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah, Concerning the Tawheed, Asma wa Sifat, the names of Allah, and His characteristics. Here the Shaykh goes on to the second main point, And it is the way of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah concerning the matters of Ibadah. Of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The worship of Allah. What is the manhaj of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah concerning matters of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The Shaykh. Hafeezh of Allah says that the tariqah of the Ahlul Sunnah is contained in three points related to worship of Allah that the Ahlul Sunnah Juma'ah are people who worship Allah lillahi wa billahi wa fillahi that we worship Allah lillahi meaning that we worship for His sake and His pleasure alone Wa billahi that we worship Allah seeking assistance and aid from Him in order to be successful in worshiping Him. Wa billahi it means that we worship Allah in the way that He has prescribed or legislated in His Deen and in the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Muhammad. So the Tariqah of the Sunnah al al-Jama'ah concerning ibadah worshiping Allah, contains three points. We worship Allah, Lillahi. For the sake of Allah alone Sincerely worshipping Him Without associating anything with Him Wa Billahi, We worship Allah By seeking His help and aid In order to be successful In completing that worship And worshipping Him alone Without associating anything with Him fillahi Means that we worship Allah Within and in accordance To the deen of Allah The legislation of Allah The sharia of Allah or that which He revealed To the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. As for the first of these matters, that is worshipping Allah lillahi for His sake alone. The meaning of this is al-ikhlas. Al-ikhlas. Al-ikhlas means sincerity. And it means absolute devotion that all worship should be given to Allah alone without offering any type of worship, any aspect, or any degree of it to anyone or anything other than Allah. Al-ikhlas it means having sincerity and giving the worship to Allah alone without associating anyone with Him or sharing anyone with Him in the worship that belongs to Him alone The shaykh says that this means that the believers they worship Allah sincerely for His sake alone it means that they don't want or desire anything other than the pleasure of Allah by their worship and that they don't seek to get near to anyone other than Allah, or earn the pleasure of anyone other than Allah, through their worship. That they seek, by their worship, they, they seek to make that worship as a means or a cause to get near to Allah, hoping for His mercy and fearing His punishment. They don't worship Allah, because a particular person, someone may be watching them, and they want to be seen. Nor do they worship Allah, so that they will be glorified, or aggrandized, or praised amongst the people. Nor do they worship Allah so that they would be given a title as Al-Abid or a worshipper. That people would say, MashaAllah, look at this person. He or she is a great worshipper of Allah. But in fact, the people of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah said that worshipping Allah means to worship Him alone for His sake alone. <laughs> as for the second point, Billahi. Worshipping Allah billahi it means mustainina bihi. I seeking help, al istiana, seeking help or assistance or aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and acknowledging that we cannot be proud of ourselves for so any any worship that we have done, we should not be proud of ourselves because we know that we cannot do it except by help from Allah nor do we consider ourselves as independent in our worship, independent of Allah. We know that whatever worship we do, it is not independently, but it is by the help and assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the idea that is represented and that we try to achieve in that which is represented in surah al-fatiha, the first chapter of Quran, verse 5, when we say, Iyaka It means that we are saying, O oh Allah, You alone and You only do we worship. That we are worshiping for Your sake alone. iyaka nastain. It means that we are worshiping You, O oh Allah, seeking help from You. Yeah, and we want to worship You alone, and in order to do it, we know that we have to ask your help. You alone do we want to worship sincerely without associating anything with you. And in doing so, we seek help from you that we may be successful in worshipping you alone. As for the third aspect of these three considerations or three points concerning the worship of Allah, Filahi. Worshipping Allah, الله, it means to worship Allah in agreement or in accordance with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated in his deen. Yani in accordance with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the prophets and messengers. And in our time, it means to worship Allah according to that which was legislated upon the tongue or by the word of the Messenger of Allah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Without adding anything to it from ourselves. And without subtracting or taking anything from it in any way, shape or form this means that we should worship Allah it means according to the sharia of Allah according to the deen of Allah not going outside of Allah's sharia not going outside of Allah's deen not adding anything to it or taking anything from it in that way if we are able to do so then we will have achieved the correct the true and the right worship which is free of the two major deviations in ibadah that is shirk and al-bid'ah yeah, and whoever worships Allah for his sake alone and worships Allah according to his legislation, his sharia, the sunnah of the prophet they would have escaped from al-shirk associating anything with Allah and they would have escaped from al-bid'ah innovations or bringing in something new into the religion of Allah because whoever intends by their worship to worship other than Allah, whoever intends by their worship to seek the pleasure of someone or something other than Allah, then that person has committed an act of shirk. They have made something as an associate or an equal or partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that worship. And whoever worships Allah using something other than the sharia of Allah, other than the divine sharia, the divine legislation or the sunnah, then that person we have fallen into innovation, bid'ah. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Bayyinah, chapter 98, verse 5, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُضُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِثِينَ لَهُ الدِّينِ حُنَفًا وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةِ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala makes us to know, in this chapter in Surah Al-Bayyinah, that, we ha- they have not been ordered except to worship Allah alone. مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِينَ كُنَفًا making their worship and whatever they do in the deen making it purely for Allah alone and in accordance with that which is straight and upright. Not deviating in any way. And that we are ordered to perform the prayers and to fulfill the payment of zakat or charity and doing so, this is a deen, this is ذلك Deen of Hayymah. It is the straight way, the correct way, the right way. Also, if we understand this, then we will say that our ibadah, which we offer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to this third point, fillah, it means in the deen of Allah, it means that we will not innovate anything that is made to appear to us as being good according to our ahwah according to our desires or our passions or our whims or inclinations we will not worship Allah by some new way or some innovative newly invented manner of speech or action or belief which has been made to appear to us as being good according to our desires or our passions or inclinations and here the shaykh said I don't say that we will not worship Allah by that which is made to appear to us to be good according to our intellect. For in fact, the intellect which is sound, which is healthy and sound, the uqul or the uqool of the people that is sahihah, it is correct, healthy and sound, it will never make anything appear to be good which is outside of the sharia of Allah. It is the defective mind, the sick or unhealthy intellect which might lead the people to practice something outside of the deen of Allah. But the healthy mind will only direct and guide and require of the human being to stick to the sharia of Allah, knowing that this sharia is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-knowing and the all-wise, the sound intellect would force the person to follow that way which came from the all-knowing and the all-wise. For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a distinction between the intellect, the reasoning and the mind of those who denied the truth. He criticized their intellect because the healthy intellect would only allow the person to, fo- to follow the sharia. But the sick and unhealthy, defective intellect, it is that intellect which caused the person to go astray and denies the truth and therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran after mentioning uh, who, if you were to ask them who created the heavens and the earth They would say it was surely Allah If you were to ask them who sends down rain from the sky And brings life to the earth after its death They would say surely it is Allah Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ Say the praise belongs to Allah. If you acknowledge this, that Allah is the one who creates the heavens and the earth, that Allah is the one who sends down rain and causes the earth to come to life and bring forth crops and fruit, and whatever comes from the earth after its death, if we acknowledge this, then Allah Taala orders us full Alhamdulillah. Say Alhamdulillah. Bel la But most of them do not have sense. Yeah, he is referring to those who deny the truth who refused to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the only one who deserves to be worshipped. He said that those who deny this truth after acknowledging that there is no one who created the heavens and earth except Allah, and that there is no one who sends down rain from the skies and causes the earth to come back to light except Allah, then why should they worship something other than Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that their intellect is defective. It's sick, not healthy. He said, Most of them have no sense. Most of them, do not understand. The intellect is defective. Then the Shaykh says that if we were to worship Allah according to our desires, according to our ahwa, our passions or inclinations, then we would be separated into many sects and parties. Everyone considering good that which he wants to do and everyone Worshipping Allah according to what his desires point him to And in that way we would never be able to achieve the description That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described us by in the Quran In Surah Al-Mu'mineen uh, In Surah Al-Mu'mineen chapter 23 verse 52 when he said inna ummatakum." أُمَّةُ الْوَاحِدَةُ But verily, this Ummah of yours, this nation of yours, meaning the followers of Muhammad sallam, it is one Ummah. أُمَّةُ الْوَاحِدَةُ It is one Ummah. So, this can never be achieved if we follow our desires, but in fact the only way to achieve it is by following the law of Allah, sticking to it strictly without deviating from it, each one following that which he considers in his mind, or according to his feelings to be correct. If we were to look at those who worship Allah according to their innovations, which Allah has not given any permission for nor has Allah sent down any authority for these innovations that the people have invented into the deen of Allah and we will see how they have divided themselves into many groups some of them declaring others to be disbelievers and some of them declaring others to be astray while they are saying that we are Muslims yet Some of them are declaring other Muslims to be disbelievers based on something that in fact does not force someone to go out of Islam. And this is because their desires and their inclinations have blinded them and made them deaf to the truth. So we say that if we travel on this way of worshipping Allah, for his sake alone, not associating anything with him and worshipping him only according to what he had legislated, we say that this is the way that would cause us to be one Ummah, to be united as one Ummah and if we worship Allah according to his Sharia and according to his guidance, not according to our desires, then we would be united and the Sharia of Allah, it is indeed the guide and it is the way, not our desires our likings, inclinations or whims or passions. So here, there are two basic principles from amongst these three points, the the important two principles for worship is that we have to have ikhlas, sincerity for Allah alone, not associating anything in the worship that we offer to Him. And the second is al-mutaba'ah or following the revelation, the sharia, the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad strictly and not deviating from it, adding to it, or taking anything from it. Whoever fulfills these two conditions, al-ikhlas, sincerity for Allah alone and al-mutabi'ah following the sharia or the sunnah of the Prophet they would avoid falling into shirk and they would avoid falling into bid'ah. As for some of those people who try to justify their innovations through different arguments from amongst them are those who use as an argument they said, when they invented some bid'ah or innovation in beliefs, or bid'ah in their actions and the bid'ah in belief and actions are too many to mention but from amongst them for example one of the common innovations in action is the congregational zikr after the congregational prayer after the salat in jama'ah some of the Muslims have invented a practice where the Imam turns around to the people and begins to lead them in a zikr when in fact the remembrance of Allah after salat is an individual act of worship when the congregational prayer is finished then each of the people should themselves individually make the zikr or the remembrance of Allah saying Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Astaghfirullah and so on it should be done individually one of the innovations that has crept into the Muslim Ummah today and is widespread is that the people make congregational zikr another of those innovations which has no basis in the sunnah of the Prophet it was never done by him is the constant raising of hands for supplication immediately after the congregational prayer. The raising of hands for dua, for supplication is a sunnah in general. But after the congregational prayer it is not legislated. But what is legislated is that a person should say, Allahu Akbar, Astaghfirullah, 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 Allahumma anta as-salam. Say the dhikr, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar 33 times and so on. And this should be done individually without raising the hand. This is the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that is firmly established in the authentic hadith yet today we find that many of the people immediately after the congregational of prayers begin to raise their hands and supplicate in a way that is not from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Also of the innovations that are widespread in the Muslim land are those who, ad- who advance the taking of Suhoor on fasting days in Ramadan saying that the time for suhoor or the morning meal before dawn has to be twenty minutes before the break of dawn or half an hour before the break of dawn or one hour before the break of dawn. All of this has no basis in the sunnah when in fact the sunnah is to delay the suhoor until just before the break of dawn. Until just before the adhan of fajr. This is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. He said that his ummah will remain in a good condition as long as they hasten to break their fast immediately at sunset and delay the Suhoor until just before dawn. And the Prophet ﷺ used to do so himself uh, to the extent that some of the companions said that when they took the Suhoor with him, there was only a very, very brief uh, amount of time from the time they took their Suhoor until the Adhan was called for Fajr. And the innovations are many amongst them it's celebrating birthdays which has no basis in Islam and particularly celebrating the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ which was not encouraged by him it was not done in his time it was not performed by the Sahaba and no one of the early generation of the Muslims used to do it It was something that was later invented likewise the innovations in belief are many and from amongst them is those who believe that the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is not dead but he is alive and they call on him and believe that he sits with them when they make their circles and so on. Also of the famous belief and widespread belief is the belief that Ali, the uh, son-in-law of the Prophet and cousin of the Prophet anhu, that he is a God along with Allah, that Ali is divine. This is one of the innovative beliefs that is widespread in the Muslim world, especially amongst the Shia people in Iran and other places. And another very, very widespread innovation in belief is the negation of Allah's characteristics. As we mentioned in the previous lectures, that those who negate Allah, Allah's sifat, <coughs> Allah's characteristics, those who negate them or distort their meanings by reinterpreting them, this is also an innovation that has no basis in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah. And as I said, the innovations in belief, in practices and in sayings are many, too many to mention here. The important thing is, that those who practice these innovations try to justify their innovations in various ways. One of the ways that they try to justify their innovation is by making the claim that that innovation which they are doing contains some good, hasana, that there is some good in it. And they say that the Prophet said, من سن في الإسلام حسنة فله أجرها وأجر من عمل بها من بعده they said that whoever uh, makes a good precedent whoever sets a good precedent something uh, they are the first one to do something whoever sets a good precedent in Islam then he will have the reward for that act which he has done as well as the reward for anyone who acted according to it after him following him in his example and this hadith is an authentic hadith reported in the Sahih of Muslim and in the Sunnah of Nasa'id they said that the act that we are doing, the innovation which we have innovated, it is a good innovation. It's not a bad innovation. Bad innovations are prohibited, but good innovations are allowed, since the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever men send whoever sets a good precedent in Islam, then he will have a reward as well as the reward of those who follow him in it. They said, Therefore we have made a good precedent. We have brought something new which is good. But we say to them <coughs> that the good which you have claimed to be in this innovation, we simply ask if there's really good in the innovation which you have invented that is not based on the Quran and Sunnah, that wasn't found in the time of the Prophet and his companions, أجبعين, we ask was that good in that innovation which you are practicing, was it known to the Prophet or was it unknown to him? If they said that it was unknown then we say to them that this is a severe accusation against the Prophet ﷺ, claiming ignorance that he doesn't know something from the Sharia or the Deen of Allah And if they say it was known to him but he concealed it then we say to them that this is even worse because in that case what they have done is that they have accused the Prophet ﷺ Of committing an act of al-khiyana, the act of uh, uh, violating the trust that was given to him of delivering the message. So, whoever invents something new and claims that it is good, we will simply ask them if it is good. Was it known to the Prophet? ﷺ, if they said it wasn't, then they are claiming him to be ignorant of the Deen of Allah. And if they said it was known to him but he concealed it and that's why he didn't legislate it, then we say that they are accusing the Prophet ﷺ of violation of the trust that was given to him of delivering the knowledge. The knowledge of the deen. And a third possibility, the Shaykh says there's another possibility that those who make innovations might claim they might say that the Prophet ﷺ knew about it he was not ignorant of it and he didn't violate the trust, he informed about it but it didn't reach us today so we rediscovered it that verily we have revealed the zikr, the remembrance meaning the Qur'an and verily we will preserve it whoever says that something of the sharia of Muhammad it was known by him and it was reported by him and it was taught by him and then it was lost this means that they are attacking The word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he said that we have revealed the dhikr, the remembrance of Quran, and we will preserve it. The meaning of this, then, of their statement is that they are claiming that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not in fact preserved the revelation. That there is some shortcoming in the preservation of the the revelation to the extent of their innovations. As much as they bring new innovations, to that extent, they would be claiming a defect in Allah Taala preserving the divine revelation that He reveals. In any case, the Sheikh says that every person who invents some new no matter in the Deen, an innovation or bidah, seeking to get near to Allah Taala, whether in aqeedah and belief or in actions or speech, that person is indeed a stray. And this is because of the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu where he said, "وَكُلَّ". Uh, بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ That every innovation is ضلالة. This hadith he called in the Sunnah of Abu Dawood and al-Tirmidhi and in the words preceding these words he said عَلَيْكُمْ Khulafa وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ Al الْمَحْدِيينَ مِنْ بَعْدِ That it is a victory on you to follow my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the rightly really great kalifahs who will come after me Abdu عَلَيْهَا فِي النَّوَاجِلِ You must hold on to it with your mawlaqi and you hold on to this Sunnah strictly Adhere to it strictly. Wa iyyakum wa And I warn you against newly invented matters. For so every newly invented matter is an innovation. Wa kullu birat And every innovation is going astray. Wa kullu dolala And every going astray leads to the hellfire. Here is a clear warning from the Prophet ﷺ against every innovation. That all of it is going astray. So the Prophet didn't leave any room. These words every one of them, it means that it is general, absolute, all-inclusive, and there is no exception to it. Every innovation is going astray. And what the Shaykh says, uh, that these innovations have no uh, degree or any aspect of the truth in them, and therefore it is clear that they are nothing but misguided. As Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says in Surah to Yunus chapter 10 verse 32, فذلكم الله, ربكم الحق. فَذَٰلِكُمُ اللَّهِ رَبُّكُمُ الْحَقِّ Such is Allah your Lord in truth. فَمَاذَا بَعْدَ الْحَقِّ إِلَّا الظَّلَالِ So what is there? So after the truth, what else can there be? Illa What is the except astray? فَإِنَّا تصرفون. How then are you turned away? Yani how can the people turn away from the truth? Away from the divine law, the sharia, and the sunnah of the Prophet For there is nothing after the truth except astray. And all innovations, as the Prophet said, are astray. Then the shaykh goes on to mention particularly the evidence that those people use the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi من سنة الإسلام سنة الحسنة that whoever makes a good precedent in Islam something good whoever brings in something new or, or makes a good precedent in Islam then they will have the reward for it and the reward of those who follow in the example here the Shaykh says that in this hadith it is made clear that the good precedent the سنة حسنة that that the Prophet is referring to here that the person will be rewarded for. It is the good precedent which someone does in which he or she is followed by others. It must be something already firmly established in Islam. And whatever is outside of the Sunnah of the Prophet outside of his example and his Marwa and his laws and his Sharia, it is surely not a part of Islam. So all of these innovations which are not from the Sunnah of the Prophet they are not a part of Islam. And this hadith is referring to the person who makes a good precedent of something that is a part of Islam. The intended meaning of Sunnah good precedent in this hadith is to hasten and precede others, or to be the first in hastening to do a good deed, or in the implementation of the sunnah, the Islamic practices. And this is made clear from the background circumstances of the hadith, as reported in the Sahih of Muslim It is reported from Jarir ibn Abdullah that uh, some desert Arabs, Bedouins, who were clothed in woolen clothes, very poor clothing, came to the Messenger of Allah, and he saw the difficult condition that they were in, that they were hard pressed and in need. So he encouraged the people to give sadaqah, to give sadaqah to help the people. But the people showed reluctance or delay in coming forth with the charity until the signs of anger was seen clearly or visibly in the face of the Prophet ﷺ. Then a man from amongst the Ansar came forth with a huge and heavy purse containing silver. Then another came after him and then other people followed him in succession until the signs of pleasure and happiness could be seen in the face of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The Ansar who came with a heavy purse containing silver He was the one who set a good precedent He was the one who hastened to uh, implement the Sunnah, the Sunnah of being charitable to proceed the others, to be the leader, to encourage others to do good. And then another person followed him. And then others followed until the Prophet ﷺ was happy that they were giving charity and responding to his call. At that point, the Prophet ﷺ said as recorded in the hadith, man fil Islam islam sunnatan hasana." Then he said, whoever sets a good precedent in Islam, then he would have his reward as well as the reward of those who acted according to it after him following his example. And this hadith, he reported in Sahih Muslim, in the English translation, volume 4, Page 1405, hadith number 6466. And another narration of it is in volume 2, page 487, hadith number 2219. Uh, <clears throat> from this, it becomes clear that the meaning of the words, whoever sets a good precedent, these words meant sunnah Islam, sunnah and It is not meant to refer to whoever legislates or legalizes something new in Islam. Doesn't mean that to invent something new in Islam, instead the meaning is whoever initiates a good action, who sets the precedent of a good action, which is from the divine sharia, which is from the divine law, from the sunnah of the Prophet Whoever initiates that action, and then others follow follow in, in in that example, in doing good, such a person becomes an imam, or a leader of the people, and an example, a model of that which is good, and therefore that person earns a reward for their action, the precedent that they set, as well as the reward for all of those who follow them until yom PM. And this is, uh, the end of what we can cover today, since the time is, uh, just about out. There are some questions, uh, that should be at the end of the handout we can, we can just look at quickly, and inshallah in the coming lecture we'll complete this point related to the minhaj of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah in the matters of Al Ibadah or worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first of the questions, what are the three considerations one must observe in matters of worship? The three considerations is that we worship Allah, Lillahi, Wabillahi, Wafillahi. Come. That we worship Allah, Lillahi, Wa Billahi, Wafillahi for Allah and with help from Allah and in the way that is legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second, third and fourth question What are the meaning of these three statements Worshiping wa لِلَّهِ wa وَفِاللَّهِ وَفِ And we said that worshiping Allah lillahi means Worshiping Him with ikhlas and sincerity For His sake alone And not associating anything with Him in our worship The meaning of billahi It means al istiana Or seeking help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In the worship of Him And fillahi It means In the deen of Allah Or in the sharia of Allah or according to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu alayhi wa What is the meaning of al-ikhlas? Al-ikhlas it means Sincerity and it means worshipping Allah alone without associating anything with Him. It is the opposite of shirk. What is the meaning of al mutabah al mutabaa means following. It means to be in agreement, or to act in accordance with the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu the Sharia of Islam as it was revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And al mutabaa is the opposite of bid'ah, innovation. Following the Sunnah and avoiding innovation. Whoever intends with their worship to seek other than Allah falls into what? Whoever intends with their worship to seek the pleasure of other than Allah falls into shirk, associating something with Allah. Whoever worships Allah by any way other than his legislation, commit. Whoever worships Allah by any way other than his legislation, other than his sharia, other than the sunnah of the Prophet falls into bid'ah, innovation. Question number eight How can we refute those who claim their innovations in Allah's deen to be good? We can refute them. First by reminding them of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that kullu that every innovation is dalalah and every dalala is going is uh, in the hell fact. and also we can remind them with the questions that the shaykh mentioned here that if they think that their innovation is something good we can ask them if it is something good was it known to the Prophet ﷺ? and if they say it was known to him uh, then We say to them, why didn't he legislate it? And if they say it was not known to him, then we say they have accused the Prophet of being ignorant of the Sharia of Allah. How can it be known to him and he didn't legislate it? Does it mean that he is concealing the truth, which is also an accusation, a severe accusation against the Messenger of Allah And if they say it was legislated by him by lost, then they uh, they are criticizing. Allah's statement that He said that He will preserve the zikr. That verily we have sent down zikr, وَإنَّ, وَإِنَّ لَهُ لَحَافِظُمْ That and verily we are preservers What is the meaning of the hadith? Oh, question number nine, are there some good innovations in the deen of Allah? We said that there are no good innovations in the deen of Allah. Uh, that every innovation is astray and every going astray is in the hellfire, as the Prophet made clear. What is the meaning of the hadith? Whoever sets a good precedent in Islam, it means the person who initiates a good action, the person who precedes others or hastens to execute. Something that came in the Sharia and doing good so that others would follow them in it. This is the meaning of whoever uh, set a good precedent in Islam, not legislating something new or legalizing something in Islam that has no basis in the Quran or the Sunnah. What were the circumstances surrounding this statement of the Prophet, Man Sanna, Islam, Sunnah and The circumstances surrounding this statement was, as mentioned in the Hadith and Sahih Muslim, that a group of people from the tribe of Mudah came to the Prophet in a very bad condition looking poorly and in need and the Prophet encouraged the people to give charity but they were slow in giving charity then a man came forth with a big heavy uh, bag of money uh, and then others follow him, and the Prophet ﷺ used him in it as an example saying that whoever sets a good precedent, whoever is you know, leading the people in doing that which is good or hastens the head of the people, whoever is the first to execute the good thing and others following him this is the meaning and the circumstances of this hadith uh, there is one question here we never celebrate the birthday of Rasulullah ﷺ to intent that he still alive, but we celebrate his birthday just to take a moment to advise one another to worship Allah alone to remember how was his message did the good deed, do the good deed his celebration did that okay uh, the, the, the celebrating of the Prophet's birthday sallallahu is not necessarily connected to the belief that he is alive or not but in any case celebrating the birthday of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi it is an act that is not legislated in the Quran nor in the Sunnah And we said as the Prophet ﷺ said, that in order for a deed to be accepted by Allah, it has to fulfill two conditions. One, it has to be done for Allah alone, and the second, al المتابعة. It has to be in agreement with the Sunnah of the Prophet or the Sharia, the Divine Sharia of Allah ﷻ. And celebrating the Prophet's birthday is not from the Sharia. It is not in the Qur'an nor in the Sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ never did it. He didn't tell his companions to do it. They didn't do it, nor did the students, the tabi'uns do it, or no, nor any of the early generations of the Muslims, but it was invented later on. And even if we think that we are doing it for a good reason, we are doing it to advise one another to worship Allah. The way to advise one another to worship Allah is the way the Prophet ﷺ advised the people, not by inventing new ways when we want to call people to Allah and remind people to worship Allah and remind people of the messenger of Allah and His good deeds the way we do it is not by celebrating His birthday which is an innovation but the way we do it is by encouraging people to read the Quran encouraging people to read the Sunnah encouraging people to read the Seerah reminding people of the acts of worship which are confirmed in the Quran and Sunnah and not by inventing new things that have no basis in Islam. Birthdays are something that was invented by the disbelievers and celebrating the Prophet's birthday وسلم, was only an imitation of the Christians celebrating the birthday of Isa السلام, and even that uh, celebration was not confirmed by Isa and even the time when they celebrated is not really his birthday it wasn't the day or the time in which he was born it is an innovation that the people invented in Christianity, and then the Muslims imitated it and brought it into Islam. It was an innovation for the Christians, and it shouldn't be practiced by them, and likewise it is an innovation for the Muslims, and it shouldn't be practiced by us. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, shalwa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. And concerning this question of celebrating birthdays, there are some essays written about it. If someone wants further details, inshallah we'll try to provide some uh, essays which discuss it in more detail. From your brothers of Qatar's Guest Center, a subdivision of the Sheikh Eid Bin Muhammad Al Fani Charity Association, telephone number 486-2390, fax 486-2358. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.